0: China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. The
1: next person who has the sheer nerve, the sheer entitled capacity to say all lives matter, I'm a stab to up to
0: people that are pro-life. I hate you. So immigration is great in terms of bringing entrepreneurs in. Immigrants tend to be very entrepreneurial, more entrepreneurial than native born. Um, Young workers, uh, young immigrants will help us in terms of people getting older. The road is dark, the way is lost. My eyes, they strain to see. I struggle forth to find a friend to light the way for me.
2: Protect the West,
1: ladies and gentlemen. In premiere of Protect the West, I am Jacqueline Escalante, and as usual, I'm joined with my co host Jade Mark Sunilal. And uh, we decided to do things a little different this time around. Normally, we do the Trinbago War Room, but Protect the West is basically uh, a more international oriented show. We're going to focus on international issues, and we chose the name Protect the West because it's a new year. and um, yeah, as we go into the the 2020s, the West is under threat right now, and uh, we decided that we needed to separate the Trinidadian issues and, uh, you know, put put the spotlight on the international issues because we need to understand that Trinidad people is just a isolated bubble in the in the grander picture in the grander scheme of things. So, J M. I'm only saying this because it's the thing to do, record the thing to do, but uh, Happy New Year, if there is anything happy about it. Uh, how's 2021 going so far for you?
2: Uh, 2021, well, we have the Georgia runoffs going on right now, for those who might not realize we we're recording on the night of the 5th of January, 2021, so the Georgia runoffs are going on right now, uh, early pro- uh, projections aren't looking particularly good for the Republicans, But let's wait to see how that pans out during the night. For me, personally, 2021 does not make a difference whatsoever. It's not anything new, anything different. Um, I think the the chronological changing of the numbers that indicate the time has elapsed um, (laughs) from 2020 to 2021 has brought little meaning to me and my life. And I think... um, to many who it seems that they, they, you know, they, I don't know if it's out there in this certain denial or delusion or just hope. I know there's a lot of hope out there that 2021, um, the year changing from 2020 to 2021, will automatically bring some kind of change to situations unfolding, but um, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, it's the
1: same thing with me, and it's not to be a negative Nancy or anything, you know, but. At the end of the day, we have to live in a realistic world, and we have to face the reality. And it's been a while since we've done this, but we basically left off last year talking about coronavirus, and you know, going from zero to one, you know, changing the zero at the end of two zero two to one, really is not going to make all of the madness that has been going on with this virus, you know, suddenly disappear. And the thing is, you know, before we did this epi- um we decided to do this episode and you know we was spin-off of protect the West. You and I were talking on the very first day of the year. And we were I, I was scrolling through Facebook and I was noticing and, and look, I am not against anyone celebrating, anyone being happy, but it's almost as if I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm wondering. Is this 2018? Did we go into 2018? Because you're seeing these Happy New Year posts, people smiling, people happy, people reflecting on 2020, as if there's anything to reflect on other than the fact that, uh, I don't know, the West basically, uh, democracy has been threatened in the West. But people, you know, it's, it's the usual ostrich syndrome of, okay, we'll bury our heads in the sand for the first day, for the first two days, for the first two weeks at least. And then when, it, when the, you know what it defines, we'll come back to reality. But I, I get the feeling like, I don't know, is this, uh, how do I put it? Is this what living in the Nile is? Is this what the people living in the Soviet Union? Is this what people living in Cuba, Venezuela go through? Is is this really, did we show the government that by pretending, or at least trying to act like everything is normal in 2021, heading into it, are we trying to show the government that, yeah, you could toss us around, you could make us lose our jobs, you could take away our freedoms, and we'll still enjoy it? You know, the
2: mm-hmm. You know, in in us having this conversation, it's quite easy for us to come across as like these. i trying to find the buzzword, but uh, it changes every two weeks. But alarmists or these conspiracy theories, uh, that you know we're saying that the West is collapsed totally, or the West is going down this very dark path, it'll be,
1: it'll and we're over...
2: Yeah, well, you know, it, it could be very, very easy for us to come across like that, but the reality is, I mean, I, I'm seeing it with a, not hushed, but regular tone right now, because you really are just depressed about it. 2020 was the year that governments all over uh, the West, all over the world, saw an opportunity—a political opportunity, an economic opportunity—in the virus. Took the opportunity, and they took the opportunity to garner more power. And that more—that increasing power, of course, came at the cost of the sovereignty and freedoms of their citizens. I mean, we—the as you mentioned, the Trinbago War Room is far from dead. And we will relaunch Trinbago War Room Season 3 within the next few days sometime. And we will talk about, at length, our situation in Trinidad and Tobago. But our situation here in Trinidad and Tobago is a situation that is reflected all over the world in terms of what governments have done uh, to their people. They have taken the opportunity to dox citizens. They have taken the opportunity to, uh, you know, draft these very controlling and draconian laws. They have taken the opportunity to use COVID-19 as a propaganda tool for both re-election, and we'll get to that when we talk more bigger War Room, and maintaining existing power. And 2020, for me, without an intent to be dramatic in any way, represents the year where we lost a lot of freedom. It represents a time uh, where governments, as you say, saw the opportunity and were told, yes, what you're doing is okay. Your overreach is okay. Your paternalism is okay. Your poorly drafted laws are okay. Your closing down of businesses is okay. Your use of a virus with less than 1% lethality is okay. And, you know, after seeing this throughout the entirety, almost the entirety of 2020, it's it's really a difficult time now to sit here and to be able to pretend like we are not facing a truly dire threat to the stability of Western democracy. And I know it goes back, I, that Seeing that goes against my original point of trying not to be over dramatic, but it's I'm not inaccurate, and that's the problem. the The problem is that we, we are facing something as serious as we are describing it as right now, and you know it, it seems that most most of us are quite fine.
1: Exactly, and you see that 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 was my problem while. We're celebrating the new year and, and, and acting like everything's fine. Bit by bit, freedom is being shipped away from us and liberty is being taken away. And here you have over in Wuhan, Beijing, other parts of China I can't pronounce, their new year's wasn't anything like ours in the US. They didn't have 10 p.m. curfews, they didn't have uh, gatherings limited to 10 people, they didn't have anything like that. They were. It was a normal day in China, and they were throwing balloons in the air because you know what? It's okay for China to throw plastic all over the place and let it land all over the place. Land, and you see, because when China does it, that's just embracing multiculturalism. When the West does anything like that, we're the ones destroying the ozone layer, right? And all those other environmental terminologies. And the thing about it is that China is where the virus supposedly started. That's what they tell us, right? And they've been at 80,000 cases for the last year. Are we supposed to believe that China defeated the virus? The, the, the virus does not exist anymore in China. They're, that it, it, they're telling you that you could take the vaccine, but you're going to have to wear your mask still. They're going to have to social distance still because even though you're vaccinated, you could still get the virus. So what about China? Did the virus just disappear? Why is the virus so hard to eliminate in every other part of the world but China? Yeah, these are the questions.
2: Mm-hmm. People are asking. Yeah, you know, and today's the fifth. We're recording only fifth, as I said before. This time last year, around this time last year, Taiwan was desperately trying to warn us. They were trying to warn us of this virus being human-to-human transmission, of this virus being highly infectious. They were trying to warn us that this virus was not just in Wuhan, it wasn't just in Tianjin. This was something coming uh, of a very serious nature, and you know, it's it feels tired now, but it's still true because we did we spoke about this so much at length. We did an entire episode about this, about China's handling of the virus, the timeline of. Their questionable actions, the questionable actions of the WHO and the WHA, the World Health Assembly, uh, the questionable actions of the Chinese CDC, the questionable actions of the Chinese government, particularly the police. Uh, You know, uh, we have had these conversations over and over. So it feels like not necessarily we're beating a dead horse, but we are seeing something that we are seeing things that should be common knowledge now. We are seeing things that should be prevailing views in the West now, but they're casted off as conspiracy theories, even though they are actual, factual things that happen. Around this time, uh, about a month from this day, 11 months ago, the WHO would have tweeted that there is no evidence of human-to-human transmission for the COVID 19 virus. The basis of that is the research done by Chinese scientists at the Chinese Center for Disease Control, the CCDC. On December 31st, 2019, more than a year ago, Taiwan had the and I can I hope that I eventually be corrected in post Uh, for the terminology, but I believe it is the genome of the virus already. They they already figured it out and they already had evidence that the virus was human-to-human transmission. They went to the WHO. The WHO turned them down. China blocked them, of course, because, you know, political situations between Taiwan and China. And we just had this four week, five week period, where the WHO, and this is on record, and China, via the CCDC, were lying to the world. Lying, saying that this virus was under control, saying that this virus uh, was a animal, one animal to human transmission, and it was quarantined quickly enough, and there's no spread saying that there's been no deaths of the virus, even though we know as a fact by our friends at the land said that there were at least a dozen deaths by this time last year. And the biggest one of them all playing this delusional game of trying to gaslight the world into thinking this was not a virus that had human-to-human transmission. Of course, within a month, they had to admit the reality when it was starting to spread across the world but you know it's you know again I'm I'm saying it in monotone because China did this I don't know if they did it I I don't know how deep into the conspiracy theories we should go but whether or not they they this was something inadvertent or advertent, they mismanaged this situation.
1: Well, they minis- yeah.
2: Mm-hmm
1: It's not it's not so much about conspiracy theories, you know. It's just. It's just looking at the situation, logically, you Now you have the World Health Organization saying, oh, this wasn't going to become a pandemic, then it becomes a pandemic, then you have the World Health Organization saying, oh, well, you shouldn't wear masks, then you have to wear masks. And I feel like people aren't, either they aren't paying attention to what the World Health the Contradictions the World Health Organization has made, or... The hysteria has consumed to the point that they're willing to say, oh, well, the World Health Organization, they're only human too. They can't be forgiven. They make mistakes. And if that's the case, then why are we listening to them? And not just that, when you look at what's taking place in China, there's so many red flags. There's so many question marks. Like I said, they've been at 80,000 cases for the past Uh, year. And it's a population of 1 billion people. And there's 80,000 cases. But not just that. Now we're hearing about this new strain. The scientists are telling us that over oh, well, when viruses die, new strains come about. And how does a new strain appear in the UK before it appears in China? If China was the first to put on defeat the virus, why hasn't a new strain appeared over there? And it, it's not conspiracy; it's just using logic.
2: You know, there's just so many things that obviously don't make sense. Uh, but well, what does I make
1: know, sense? But, but China has been if China has been lying to us in the past. What makes anyone think that they're not lying to us now? How do we know they don't have the new strain over there? Months now they probably had. How, how do we know? How do we even know if there is a new strain? What, what do we believe anymore at this point?
2: Yeah, well, you know, on Trinbegawarroom.com we covered these stories. We covered these stories about uh, the funeral homes being quarantined all over China and being... The, the deaths and the bodies are being recorded on the pneumonia on the cardiac arrest on the uh, severe bronchitis under all these things and we know that i mean you know uh, i'm ironically looking for a politically correct way to say this but we know that they have mismanagement mismanaged this pandemic uh, their epidemic that has now turned into a pandemic and we know that they have lied all the way through and they are lying now. And the reality is China is at fault for this pandemic and China is not being held responsible in the way that they should by the international community. Uh, China should not be lauded. DWHO, other states, other international organizations should not be going on their pedestals and lauding and praising China their response to the virus when this response to the virus was clearly poor because their response to the virus was so porous that it became a pandemic. If... You know the joke? The mm-hmm.
1: joke is that people applaud in China for oh well they had their lockdown. Didn't their lockdown begin in February when the World Health Organization told us not to
2: worry? Well, you know, I
1: what
2: I'm saying. no, I understand what you're saying, right? But the, again, I, I I keep I keep gonna be hocked back because we, we we spend so much time covering this, right? While the WHO was saying there was no human team human transmission midway through February, they tweeted it on Valentine's Day last year and was telling everybody to to be calm, to not worry. China would have already purchased 2.3 billion masks from 3M and Honeywell. They would have already purchased uh, close to a billion pairs of gloves from 3M. They would have already purchased in in, in a very frantic manner between December and February billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of PPE and of equipment. So the inconsistencies are all over the place. The inconsistencies are blaring, and it, is, it was obvious then, much more obvious now, that we have almost a year of hindsight that the West was played. But then this goes back into the other thing and what we really wanted to talk about tonight. The fact that not just China misplayed this virus so badly that it became a virus, but the fact that the West... The United States, the United Kingdom, uh, most of the Americas played this virus so poorly in terms of governmental policy, in terms of economic um, approaches, in terms of public health responses, that now now we're, we're reeling economically. I, I, I do truly believe that we, we are sitting in this bubble That will burst sometime this year, and the economies that were not doing well going into COVID 19 will drop even more dramatically. While the economies that were doing great going into COVID 19, such as the United States, will have a very long path to recovery. So, you know, it's very disappointing. You you,
1: you mentioned um, why isn't the West holding China accountable? Uh, the last time we tried to hold China accountable, it was xenophobic because I remember when the United States closed off flights uh, from China, it was xenophobic to do that, right? Here you have seven months later, the UK has a new strain and everybody's putting up a, a restriction, a travel restriction on the United Kingdom, and that's not xenophobic. So again, it goes back to whatever the West, whenever the West does something. And when we say the West, we also include Europe because for the most part, the West is. The Western world, you know, was born out of European conquest, right? So, it's just, it's a shared culture. At the end of the day, when the West does something, we're always going to be seen as the bad guys. But when other cultures do it, oh, it's, it's we're, we're picking on them, that kind of thing. And I can't help, you know, they talk about the, the economic collapse of the West, the impending economic collapse of the West because of the lockdowns. The thing about that is, I can't help but not picture the Chinese government on New Year's Eve pushing some kind of propaganda, saying, we defeated the virus, we saved our economy, and now look at the West, the Great America, they fell, the Great England has fallen. I can't help but not wonder if the Communist Party in China is pushing that kind of propaganda on the people over there.
2: Well, you know, what I can tell you is that China, obviously, no secret, no secret. Via Belt and Road, via other dealings, have their tentacles all over the world, and especially the West, dare I say. And what was happening when, when Italy, when the virus was flaring in Italy in, I believe it was May, June, what Chinese companies were doing, both state owned and state private partnership, uh, were purchasing up firms in Italy. Throughout Italy, firms that were uh, taking hits for lockdown, firms that were scared out of their mind and wanted to leave the country because of COVID-19. Because let's remember, I mean, the entire world was gripped by Italy's and their socialized health care feelings in dealing with COVID-19. So, you know, China was doing that in Italy. China has, uh, before COVID-19, had their tentacles all over British steel, uh, wider British manufacturing, uh, British uh, food production, agriculture, all these things. And right now, um, second strain aside, just general pandemic, uh, China has been doing the exact same thing, purchasing up rapidly, purchasing assets as quickly as possible. China has taken advantage China has taken advantage. And it's quite funny. It's quite funny because while China is spending their time using the virus, taking advantage of the virus to take advantage of the West, Western governments are using the virus to take advantage of their own people. And while China is expanding their influence economically and uh, by virtue politically across the world, what Western governments have decided to do for the most part is expand their influence within the state and into the lives of the individual citizens. They are now, we are in a stage where there are governments throughout Latin America, uh, some will argue the United States, you can definitely say Canada, we are seeing it in the Caribbean, where governments, have now have access. They have access to every aspect of the lives of the citizens. Look at the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom. A nation that was once a great empire, now reduced to people calling the police on their neighbors for this virus. Look at
1: Mm-hmm. No, 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 I'm just laughing. Like, How does how, do, how does the United Kingdom go from being what they were 300 years ago to, to this? From, what, what they were? What, is, is what, is, what is they, were they were 300 years ago. Yeah. From not to conquer, that's just a shame.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it, it's... It's a lot of stomach, yeah? Uh, it's a lot of difficult hits to take mentally. Um especially for our very naive and under-experienced minds. But, um, you know, going back to the original point of the conversation, uh, you know, I had a conversation with the Lewis intellectual academic life form. Um, We we know them as U.S. students in social sciences. Uh, I believe it was like two or three weeks ago we had this conversation uh it wasn't really a conversation it was me just was trying a, to
1: trying to. It was, just, it was just words and they just throw the words and they hope it come together to make some kind of sense so just words.
2: yeah but it didn't so like we were going on this whole thing about the covid like 19 lockdowns and the economic lockdowns and this student uh A female uh, of course she said uh, that there should be increased lockdowns that uh, Trinidad and Tobago should lock down more America UK should lock down more completely and we could recover the economy after that in the future we could deal with these things in the future and you know I asked her if she lives in Trinidad and Tobago, she's a Trinidadian citizen I, I knew that but I just asked she said, yes. I say, do you watch the news? Do you go onto social media? Have you seen the murder it lately? She said, yes, but she doesn't understand the correlation of what I'm trying to say. I say, well, fundamentally, crime is socioeconomic and cultural, but we, we, we'll do that later, Dong. We, we, we'll touch that sometime in season four. But it's fundamentally socio It's what if I don't balance. It's what if I don't by the time we reach it. Very correct, very valid point. We'll have to try to get a contract with Breitbart at that point, by about March. But, at, I, I, you know, I, I tried to get across uh, that crime is, and we talk more the Trinidadian context here, because that's the best one we can relate to. Um, fundamentally socioeconomic, right? Correlations are wild everywhere, regardless of culture, all over the world. Fundamentally, economics are correlated to crime statistics in democracies, at least, right? So she still didn't understand what I was trying to say until okay. I literally had to tell her A, when people are unemployed and not making money and have no income and have to provide for their family and have nothing else to do and they are absolutely desperate, they will go commit crime. When you continue to lock down an economy, more people will have to go commit crime. And who taught? to that was yeah but still we had to think about the people who are dying from the virus A 100 plus people (laughs) have died in Trinidad and and I retorted to her what about the 400 people that have been murdered this year we had a year where half of the time we were locked down people were in their houses with murder rates still over 400 I don't know if you can remember, but prior to lockdown, between uh January and February, Trinidad and Tobago was an absolute bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, Early so. on in the year, prior yeah. to the lockdown and prior to the COVID-19 coming in, we were taunting manning well, numbers. I think,
1: I think we already reached three murders for the year, so, I, I mean, how's
2: that? Well, well yeah, we, 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 we start on the front foot, right? <laughs> we're scoring boundaries in the first over, right? But
1: it, it, you know, it's, I can't, That is thinking of a lot, and it, it's not just the U.S. feelings, it's, it's thinking of the average citizen, that events of the world are static, what you do over here won't affect over here, you, you know, it's like, in your everyday life, you get up, waking up early means you have to go to work for eight. Going to work for eight means you have to finish work at four. Coming home from work at four means by the end of the month, you do that for 30 days, you will get paid. You know, there's a reason for everything. And to think that well, we could shut down the economy now and then just rebuild it later ignores the reality that everyday economic activity takes place, which benefits your life. And I'll use a simple example. What if kids say, well, we shut it down too, then we're going to get bread. I mean how many women from the gender studies department in you be ready to go and grind their own friggin' wheat?
2: Well, none. Um <laughs> but just a, to tip back finally on this how that conversation ended. She was like, Well, I guess it's really just a matter of lives this is economy. Trying to paint me as the person who's picking the economy of the lives. Of oh. course I retorted because I hate that I I I, I genuinely as it's I have said I on Trinidad no, no, no. War Tobago, it, no, it's, it, it's, it's stupid because, no, I am not weighing lives versus the economy. I am weighing some lives now over a lot more lives over the next decade because the reality is and we said this, we did about four episodes on this. The reality is if Trinidad and Tobago and we are seeing it throughout the world so we could see it, if the world if countries who are not doing well prior to the pandemic go into an extended economic lockdown, then the, the death rate of the virus will be non-comparison to the death rate that will come from poverty, that will come from crime, that will come from human desperateness over the next few years of those countries having to rebuild their economies from the lockdown
1: but you, you know, the buddha, people don't understand the murder rate is a good comparison don't know because when you really think about it this so-called deadly virus took 126 lives but buddha took 3 and 4 times that
2: yeah no listen you,
1: uh, you i think that I, a pandemic well maybe more people die from the actual virus than buddha right you're well, about in, you, know, a
2: pandemic uh, pandemic uh, you know, as deadly as is made, made out to be. You would like to think that this pandemic would be anywhere close to the last pandemic we had 10 years ago, H1N1. Uh, a lot less people were affected because, you know, H1N1 was and hesitated, bit was actually deadly. So the world and governments actually made an effort to curb the virus spread and to and to cure people. We're not doing that now. We're just letting the virus spread. And, you know, it's, it's this joke is, is a meme, but it's so um, relevant. Uh, a head of state saying, um, well, the first lockdown didn't work, and as a result of that, we were going to a second lockdown. Yeah. And that has been the, the logic. If, if, yeah, for, for most governments in the West, except for China, well, China not in the West, but most governments, most major governments, except for China, it's lockdown and not work the first time, and, you know, I, I, I notice the change of language when it comes around the lockdown, uh, earlier last year, lockdown was meant to be the way to stop the virus, but at least slow the virus like lockdown.
1: Mm-hmm. lockdown was supposed to be for two months and then the curve was supposed to happen.
2: Well, yeah, right? So we were supposed to flatten the curve. We were supposed to slow down the virus. We were supposed to have a lockdown after two or three months. And at the two or three months, we'll have the virus in a position where we could have some kind of herd immunity, where we could have some... Form of cracking down, some form of effective widespread quarantine to be able to control the virus so that the rest of the population, particularly the working population, could get back out to work. But now the language changed. Around September, the language changed as much of the language, as much of the technical language has changed around uh, their approaches to this virus. The language about lockdown has changed. The lockdown, all of a sudden, was never meant to be. Uh, uh, of the virus it was never meant to be a stopping of the virus. Uh, as, the, as the, 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 the Fedora army of Reddit would like you to know at our Ask Science, that um, well, you know, lockdowns are not meant to really stop the virus, lockdowns were meant to just slow the spread of the virus and to uh, you know, give governments time to be able to you know, uh, putting the effective policies for the new normal and to have the vaccine come in quick enough and all those things. That was never it. That was never the language. That was never the intent. That was never the conversation in March. But now is the conversation here. And, you know, it's quite easy to say, well, you know, hindsight and the virus evolves and mutates policy from day one. Uh, did not make sense.
1: But, but, yeah, now, you know, but the, you know, you know, the scientists telling you that the lockdown created the new strain. Well, didn't you notice know nine months ago.
2: Well, you see, what I was about to say is that the lockdowns initially made no sense. <laughs> right? So, I, I, would, I would give you the evolving policy for evolving virus argument, but I would only give it to you if the initial policy made sense, initial lockdown didn't. Initial lockdown was an overreaction.
1: I always used to say, we just play hide and seek with the virus because every time we go in lockdown, okay, the cases go down and then we come back out and then the cases rise and then we go back in lockdown and then and we just play hide and seek with the virus and we hope that the next time when we come out, it will go away.
2: Yeah, correct. I mean, we literally said these things and I'm not trying to this grand, I told you so. I just, uh, you know, these are things that we are we are tired and say we were saying but this in April or May on season two of the Trinbago War Room that the lockdowns don't make sense and that the lockdowns won't work. But the, the lockdowns never are.
1: made sense because I mean, even the initial lockdown, it wasn't like everybody was inside it. It was still allowed to go out. Some people still went to work. There was always going to be people outside who could bring home the virus. And it's so funny. I don't mean to, well, to bring it to the local context because this is a more international um, you know, um, international channel we have here. But I didn't need policies are the same all over the world anyway. You have the Minister of Health saying... you could could infect your grandmother, you could go out and go to these parties and you could infect your grandmother. I think go to work and get to that infector. So, come on. At the end of the day, as long as they have people going outside, they they, they are at risk of getting the virus and bringing it home. But this is, the the reality is, we have had, I'm going to use the international cases all over the world. Currently, last time I checked which was sometime last week, there were 72 million cases, 54, 54 million recovered, 2 million dead. Very low infection rate. It's seven billion people in this world, and seventy-two million people have gotten it. Hmm.
2: You, you remember, sometime during July, that phase where everybody had to wash their groceries when they bring it home?
1: Yeah, and 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 then people realize how stupid that was. You know,
2: anymore. you know, after you pick up all the groceries by hand. <laughs> And <laughs> you place them and you, and, you know, you have strangers put them into the bag and run them over the scanner by hand.
1: GM. Um, GM, I always have to make people about the social distancing. Because this this grocery that I go to all the time. And, the no, the grocery existed before the virus. So, when they were building their grocery, they were building it without all thinking about the virus, obviously. So, the cashier, the, uh, the cashiers are three feet apart from each other, right? So you have this sticker on the floor that has a COVID protection sticker and you have to stand up on the sticker. And it's six feet apart. So the person behind me is six feet is six feet behind me, the person in front is six feet. So the person to my left and the person to my right are three feet apart. Does the virus attack vertically but not horizontally?
2: Uh, the you go to a restaurant, you have your mask on, you know, you take off your mask to eat. The virus will not attack you once you're sitting down and eating. The virus goes dead if the person who was preparing the food had the virus and touched your food. Uh, It goes dead and numb. And then when you, uh, the the moment you take your last bite and you check, comes the virus reactivates itself. So you need to put on your mask. That's how it works. That's how it works. go to
1: the beach, right? You wanna eat it, you go in the water, you have to put on your mask, but you come out to eat your bacon shark, you can take it off, but once you're going back in the water you have to put it back on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh,
1: I think more people um, I think more people since since they have opened my restaurants, I think more people probably got um, food poisoning from the restaurants than than actual COVID. Pretty sure Okay. So let me
2: just take a So the live results at the Georgia runoff that's happening right now, the count is uh, around 78% reporting in both seats in Georgia. And both Republican representatives, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, are leading by slim edges, slim edges being less than 10,000 each. So Georgia is going to go straight down to the wire. We have to watch that race closely. We need both seats. Uh, in order to con, not control. Yes, we did. We need both seats to control the Senate. Uh um. So you know, interesting times ahead when it comes to looking at Georgia. But back to the point of governments and these mandates when it comes to the virus and governments using the virus as an opportunity to
1: squeeze. Oh, um- uh, I'm actually put personal example of the uh, the quote unquote logic of the virus. So I went out the other night at a restaurant with some friends, and I was thinking to myself, all of us are here. And, and by the way, there's no social distance in the same table, right? We're a group of friends. I'm thinking, I came from where I came from, they came from where they came from, who knows what we came in contact with, yet here we are, no mask. But then when I'm out with my family in the car, who I was home all day with,
2: on a mask around my own family. Wait wait, 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 wait. You went out to a restaurant with friends and didn't social... Well, firstly, I wasn't invited to that. Secondly, <laughs> you didn't social distance so you want your grandmother to die.
1: I... RIP, granny. Is all audio... maybe Maybe... Maybe... Uh, maybe... maybe
2: Mr. Be Mr. Is, in, is invincible youth like you are the reasons I mean, why... We are going most likely going back into some kind of lockdown, uh, come uh, the second week of January.
1: A loss for granny is a vote for Joe Biden,
2: right? Well, all right, yeah, fair enough. You know, um, I, I, I'm hearing the Vatican talking about Joe Biden's sainthood. You know, I, I think it would be well deserved given the fact that he raised so many millions of people from the dead, uh, to vote. Um, in November, um, yeah, you know, I'm, the
1: sales, the
2: Saints probably voted for him. No? Yeah, you know, I mean, if you could be born in 1898 and vote for Joe Biden, then Joe Biden deserves to be president of the United States. If you,
1: Correct.
2: Joe Biden, yeah. with the worst run campaign in the history of modern day political uh, presidential elections, can get seven million more votes than the most charismatic presidential candidate of the modern era in your boss former boss barack (laughs) obama then you deserve to be president of the united states you know i
1: agree with that
2: you know yeah
1: but i mean on a more on a more serious note i wish i could look forward to 2021 with enthusiasm but i think i think I don't, I don't mean to be a pessimist, but, you know, I I look at the glass. Some people say half empty, half full. I say, is there even water in the glass? You know, and the reality is that we were told that once the vaccine comes, and I didn't believe them. I did not believe for one second that, you know, vaccine arrives and everything was going to be good. I, I expected they were going to throw some, some curveball at us, and they did. They told us, oh, well, the vaccine doesn't guarantee anything. Then they come up with a new strain, and I think I think they're just giving us time the year now start. But I see by the end of January they're gonna drop some announcements on us. Meanwhile, China is gonna be free. As can be, they're going to school in China. By the way, they've been going to school.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, China is back to the normal, almost completely back to normal. Well, and it's, almost completely it's back to
1: normal. It is amazing how. Oh. They say "Look, this is what the scientists say. They say when viruses die, new strains appear. And if China killed the virus, why didn't the new strain appear over there? And if fire and if killing this means new strains to appear, then why are we doing the same things to the virus so that new strains could appear? Is it going to be a never ending game of new strains popping up?
2: You know, it's okay. there are so many things that we don't know that we don't know what we don't know when it comes to what's happening with this virus what is uh you know what is the international outlook what china really wants to do what the western world really wants to do what international organizations are aiming for you know there's a lot to talk about and there's wish, a
1: lot but Adam Sandler, had then click. So I could just fast forward to see what's the end game for all of this. Like I, I just, just want to know. I just want to know why are we doing this?
2: Yes, it have- clicked. Reference in January twenty twenty one. Um, <laughs> timely, timely, um, timely. I have to say it one more time. Um, but you know, it, we don't want to leave on this extremely negative note of hopelessness and despair. The reality is that the West is still standing. Uh, It might not be standing as strong as it was two years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but it's still standing. Uh, We are still a free people. We are still a people with economic opportunities aplenty. We are still a people that have religious uh, freedom, you know. I certainly know here in Trinidad and Tobago, uh, we still have the freedom if you're a Christian to stand on Brian our Promenade and proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And there's no police that's going to watch you. But you know, there's a lot to be grateful for and not necessarily you know, to sit there and to be depressed and to be glum but at the same time what you we need to do individually uh, as people who rely on this western will, as people who love this western will, as people who want to protect this western will, we have to keep our ears to the ground we have to keep our eyes on the ball and we need to keep doing the due diligence of paying attention you see the reason why propaganda and the, the great media farce and politicizing of viruses and all these things. The reason why all of these have worked, the reason why 2020 has been the year of control is because the lion's shell population is lazy. You read the headline, the headline is enough for you. You take the headline, you run with the headline. The headline shapes your worldview. It shapes your life. You don't do the due diligence. You don't do the research. You don't look beyond the headline. And this is where we have ended up as a result of that. So I say to you, my brothers and sisters that are here, um, go beyond the headline. We have to go beyond the headline. Uh, There are difficult days ahead, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, there's nothing to do. There's a lot to do. A lot to fight for. A lot to preserve. A lot to speak out for. To defend. And it's just going to be a lot of work going forward. Um, Escalante, help me. Around, I ran out of words. Being like Terrence. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, no. The, uh, I think the day is going to come pretty soon when the West is going to have to stand up. And, uh, you know, you can only push human beings so far until it's had to push back. And I hope when that day comes, we don't take it lying down, but the day will come. So be prepared. And that's my advice to people. Be prepared for that day because it is going to come. They are going to try the the it's the one policy that, said, that took it too far. It's going to happen. And um, just be prepared. I don't think the battle is over. But I think if we don't smarten up, and like I said, it's not about being negative. It's about being realistic. No one says you can't have fun, but it's about being smart to the situation. Uh, Western democracy is very important to protect. I think people people lambast the West, but they don't realize that, they, that they, they can't criticize the West because the West gives them the freedom to criticize the West. And that's something we should never, ever, ever take for granted. The freedom of movement we have, the freedom of religion, freedom of expression. Everything the West has been so great to us. And we should not give up the freedoms and the privileges we have because of a virus that kills one less than 1% of the population. Mm-hmm. So with that, J.M., uh, this is the season premiere of Protect the West. Keep following us. Uh, keep following. the trend and war room. We will start after that soon. We know we've been yeah a little busy here to last year. We I mean, kind of fell off, but uh, we are we are ready to go. We are ready to go again. And twenty twenty one is going to be an interesting year. So uh, yeah, wash your hands, wear your mask, sanitize, be safe.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm yeah I'm Jaco Descalante. This is my partner J.M., Sonny Lal, my partner in crime. we have
2: been doing this for is, is it two years now? Is it two years now? Jim? No, it's a year. It's actually our um, one-year anniversary of podcasting and and this it, week okay. sometime. Yes,
1: yes. Because the first episode we did was... Uh, Iran. A-
2: yeah. A- Iran. Yeah. Iran. Yeah. A- the- the- yeah. I mean, but this yeah, time we- last like, year, I was embarking on a great odyssey. And we will we'll, <laughs> speak about that uh, later down the season.
1: So signing off good night good
0: night when there's nothing left but the fire in my chest and the air that fills my lungs I'll hold my tears and trade my ears for a glimpse at kingdom come. On the other side of misery, there's a world we long to see. The strife we share will take us there to relief and sovereignty. Oh, my God, we'll have our home again. Towns where foreigners now, our names are spat and cursed. The headline smack of another attack, not the last and not the worst. Oh, my fathers, they look down on me. I wonder what they feel to see their noble sons driven down beneath. A coward's heel Oh my God We'll have our home Again My God We'll have our home My blood or sweat We'll get there yet My God We'll have our home The road is dark The way is lost My eyes They strain to see I struggle to light the way for me. Oh, brothers, can you hear my voice or am I all alone? If there's no fire to guide my way, then I will start my own. Oh, my!